Hey, what's up? Wow, another week. Start of the week is Monday, and we got a I got another um, great topic that I want to share with everybody. I was sitting thinking, um, it was last week, I think it was, and I was uh, just sitting and pondering on things. Um, you often hear about people talk about, you know, what you should do, planning out your week and things like that. But I wanted to talk um, more about what you shouldn't do. And uh, some people that, you know, you really do a deep dive into like preparation and leadership, you always hear about, you know, knowing thyself and and you know yourself and know your weaknesses and know your strengths. And but they really don't like talk about it a whole bunch. So I wanted to spend a little time talking about what you shouldn't do and knowing exactly what you absolutely suck at doing. And it's okay to say that you suck at doing it. Okay. So let's let's take a little time on that. So once you come to the realization that you suck at something, right? Own it. You know, we had, you know, talked about that before in a previous podcast episode of owning it. There's nothing wrong with this, right? You are you. Don't beat yourself up over it. You know, if you're not good at numbers, then why would you take a, a job that does uh, or a task that involves a bunch of numbers? If you're not good at reading, why would you get a job or do a task or volunteer for something that you're not good at? Now, granted, I will say this. You do need to get some experience in those areas that you are not, you know, that well versed in or not that good in, especially if you're trying to run a business and it encompasses everything. So you need to know what's going on. But knowing what you suck at is really like the first step of being able to run a successful business. Because once you know what you're not good at, you can then go hire a person or outsource that particular thing to someone or a company that can just do it. You know, why would I sit if I know I'm horrible at writing something, you know, uh, you know, a policy and procedure for business or, you know, trying to come up with an HR um, PTO plan and you just not that, you you know you'll procrastinate on it. You're not going to do it because you're not. That's not your strength. Let me tell you something. If you're doing something that's not in your strength, you are inviting procrastination to come upon you. And procrastination is like a disease that is hard to get rid of. Because once you start procrastinating on something, it's like it forms a habit very quickly. Because your brain, quite quite naturally, really doesn't want you to do anything that you're not comfortable doing. Yeah, think about it. Your whole brain and your ego wants you to do stuff that makes you happy most of the time, right? So if that's true, if you're doing something that you are not good at, what do you think is going to happen? You are not going to want to do it. You're going to put it off. Uh, something else is going to come up. You know, now it's football season. 
the game is on or the game comes on in a couple of hours. I don't want to start doing this because then it's going to break my concentration or, or there's happy hours at it's three o'clock and you're already thinking about happy hour at five 30. Like, well, I don't want to get too deep into this because I don't want to be late for happy hour or, or I'm going out for dinner. So I don't want to get too, uh, too wrapped up on this. Always oh, at the end, it's nighttime. I don't, you know, I can work on that part of my dream later because, you know, I got time. There's nothing really pressuring me. Um, it's, it's on my time. All those things, literally, I can tell you right now, I've told myself, I've told myself those very things, which was leading, which led to procrastination. It was an excuse. But one thing that, that I did to overcome that was basically like, okay, I got to own this. It's like, you know, why am I putting this off? Oh, okay. It's because I don't like doing it. Right. So like, if you know me, I absolutely do not like talking on the phone. It's a, it's a weird thing about me. Like I don't like talking on the phone and I don't like returning things to customer service. I know it seems crazy. Well, the people that know me personally and they have seen me and say, CB, you're so uh, intimidating and all those other things like, yeah, but I generally don't like confrontation. So, and I will not, um, I don't know why I view uh, taking something back to return it as confrontation. I kind of don't, but long story short, my mother used to take things back when I was a kid. I mean, everything back and then fuss with the people all the time about taking something back, a microwave that didn't, that didn't heat up fast enough or, you know, to the toaster oven or to something that she bought you know, even down to meat that went bad before the, the expiration date. I would be in line with her while she took things back. It was just it maybe it instilled in my head. I don't know. That's what the um I guess my therapist would need to hear about, you know. So but things like that for me are difficult for me to do. I will not my default Preset, you know how you go to, you get a new TV or something, and you go up there and you play with the with the uh, the settings on it, and then you make it to where it's your, you know, fits you, right? So, but the machine came with a default setting. My default setting is I'm not going to talk on the phone, and I'm not going to go to customer service. That's my default setting. So therefore, what I have to do is say, okay, I have to move past that and boom, I got to do it. Like sometimes when I, you know, of course, running the business, you got to make phone calls. You got to do follow up phone calls, things like that. That does not mean that I, I I don't like doing it, but I do it anyway. Okay. But it also gives that little inkling of procrastination that can set in with me because of, because I don't like doing that. So now, if I don't like doing that and I'm running a business and I got these follow-up phone calls that I got to make to like insurance companies to make sure they pay on time and things like that, do I continue to do that or do I pay somebody else to do it? 
I think you already know the answer to the question. What I did is I paid somebody else to do it because I don't want to do it. I don't want to sit around dreading it. I don't want to then if I don't do it, then I'm beating myself up over not doing it. But guess what? I will make sure that I own it. The one thing that helped me out in this whole situation is I own the fact that, hey, I don't like talking on the phone. And there's no matter, there's no amount of training or motivational speech that can get me to actually like talking on the phone. So that don't mean I can't do it. And that doesn't mean I won't do it. And it means that I know my weakness. I know what I suck at. So knowing what you're not good at and owning up to it is like a gold mine. Because then what happens is you say, okay, now I have now got to figure out who does this well. So if that is like a complete negative for you for the task that you just don't like to do, that means that is a plus because now you can find somebody else who that, you know, who loves to do that stuff. I know people that love harassing and being worrisome for people and following up all the time. Back, remember back when five links was popping and you know, multi-level marketing and you was getting hit up by the same people like almost once a month or once every two weeks. They didn't mind following that little planet they had out there. You know, so they boom, bombard and bombard. It's like, good Lord. But if you think about it, if you don't like talking, like this example, if you don't like talking on the phone and those people do and they might need a job, that's what you go with. You're following my logic here. You, But the first step is you got to figure out what it is you don't do well. And just say, look, man, I just, I can, I'm not good at this. So I got to find somebody that can get it done. Now, for some odd reason, you don't, you know, um, know what you're not good at. Ask a close friend of yours, you know, in a closed room and make sure your ego is left outside and say, hey, what am I not good at? And then you'll start to get a, a, a good grasp of what you're not good at. And if your, your parents are still around, ask your parents. Ask them, what, are, what am I not good at? I guarantee you. Well, they know. Now, whether or not you get a, a truthful answer or not, that's a whole other ballgame because the show American Idol wouldn't be on TV if parents actually told their kids that they couldn't sing and you know, they just, Hey, but I mean, it is what it is, you know? So, but seek advice of somebody else, ask them the question to see what happens. You know, that's basically what you can do. If you don't know what you're not good at, ask that question. And I can also tell you another way to be able to find out what you're not good at or what you suck at is what do you absolutely detest doing? And then look at to why you don't like it. Because, I mean, you could be in a situation where you just have a horrible boss and it's a negative overall environment. But if you really hate doing a one particular thing about your job, it's normally because you suck at it. Now, as they have the um, 
as they say, to, you know, flip the pancake, as Coach Hatcher would say. Um, there's some things that people are naturally great at and hate doing it. I've, I've witnessed a lot of people, um, coming up when I played football that they didn't like, for instance, and you will not believe this, but a lot of quarterbacks don't like playing quarterback. You know, a lot of, um, linebackers don't like being linebackers. They wanted to be running backs. You know, if you really take a look at the history or the, the bios, a lot of these players in the NFL, the position that they're in, is not the position that they started out playing and that they wanted to play. Quick, uh, take a quick moment and Google uh, Ray Lewis in high school. Ray Lewis in high school was a bona fide beast at tailback. Like ran over people. And what did he end up playing in um, Miami? Linebacker. So just take a look at that. And I bet you if you was go to Ray Lewis right now and you would say, like, you know, if you had to pick what you could have been a Hall of Fame or at, would you have picked linebacker or tailback? And I'm pretty sure he's going to say tailback because that's what he started out doing. And he probably loved doing it. He was moved into the position of linebacker. I'm not saying that he hated being linebacker. I'm just saying he loved being another position more so than what he wanted to be, he ended up being. So, but you can take a look at a lot of those players in the NFL and they were started out in a whole completely different position that they loved doing and they got moved over to another position. So same thing is going to happen to you in your professional life. You're going to start off doing something hopefully that you love to do. And then you may end up getting moved over into something that is a better fit for you, but that does not mean that's what you really want to do. And all of that job and those duties may not fit inside of what you are good at. And some of it's going to fit in in an area that you are horrible at. I know one time I hired a, um, a person run my HR department and about a year and a half, she was in a position and, you know, I had to write her up because she didn't, the paperwork wasn't right. You know, she wasn't getting this stuff done on time. And she tells me, well, CB, you know, um, paperwork is not my strong suit. And I said, well, then why did you take the job? You know, I, I needed the job. So I took, I was like, but this whole job is nothing but paperwork. HR is nothing but paperwork when it's all said and done in the industry that I'm in and in, in mental health. So I said, um, I scratched my head. I was like, well, I don't know what else to do. You're, you know, you've been in this position for a year and a half, and then I don't know what else to put you at. Because she wasn't a, you know, a mental health professional at the time, so I couldn't move her into the field. She was literally admin. So we worked on her skills. I, I, helped, I tried to train her up, worked on time management and things like that. And she went on to work another year and some change, but then end up, you know, having to leave. I had to, I had to make a decision and let her go because still, even with all of that training, that paperwork wasn't done. She made a mistake. Now, 
the people listening is going to say, okay, well, CB, well, that is your fault. You knew that that wasn't her strength. And you're absolutely right. It was my fault. But, you know, it was, we had a good relationship. So I tried to basically salvage it by training her and seeing if I can get her trained. But I was training in an area that she just was not good at. Now, of course, this is younger CB. This is back in the day. This is years ago. And I would say, you know, um, you know, I would tell younger CBs like, look, that's not her strength. And not only is it not her strength, it's what she should not be doing. So you, there's not a, there's not a amount of training, you know, that you'll be able to give her that's going to make, that's going to make her be as good as a person who that is their strength. You may can neutralize it, but you're not going to turn it into a strength. And that's the whole point of everything is like sometimes you got people in positions that just don't fit, not because of their performance, it's because of their, um, what they're not good at and what versus what they are good at. Cause you got people out there that, that love doing certain things, but not good at it. You know, so. They're mediocre at best at doing it, or they really suck at doing it, but they claim they like doing it, but no one is telling them that, you know, you're not good at that, you know? So just going back to the Ray Lewis story, maybe Ray Lewis, when he got to Miami, you know, we're talking about University of Miami. They probably had a, like five tailbacks that was either good as or better than him and probably only two middle linebackers that he had to compete against. So he moved over to middle linebacker and the rest is history. You know, you're talking about 245, 250 pound middle linebacker moving like a tailback. So just take a look at that um, story. Take a look at yourself. Don't beat yourself up. If you find out you're not good at something, own it. Own up to it and don't be afraid to tell your boss like, hey, this is something that I'm not good at, um, but I am good at X, Y and Z. So. You know, let's let's work out a plan to where I'm not doing these these other things as much as possible, but I am doing this other stuff. And therefore, I like doing it. I'm better at doing it. And also I bring more value to yourself and the company because my whole job here is to make sure that you have less to do and less to worry about. And me doing something that I suck at will give you more to worry about. That's it. That's all I got for today. Thank you so much for joining me. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.